This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. Joining us this week, we have Pierre Morisseau, who is the CEO of One Group Risk Management in New York State. Welcome to the show, Pierre. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. Pierre, it's a pleasure to have you joining us on the show today. I've very much been looking forward to having you on the Insurance Coffee House now for quite some time. So I think it'll be a really interesting conversation about your career and the work you're doing there at One Group. Pierre, before we go into the main body of our questions, if I could just first of all ask you to give the listeners a little bit more of an insight into your background and your career, and then what work you're doing there now at One Group. Oh, fantastic, Nick. So uh, first of all, um, my name is Pierre, but I'm actually not French. Um, My background uh, and my grandparents actually came over from Italy. And then on my dad's side, folks wandered around a bit from Scotland to France over the US. And uh, my father thought it'd be fun to give us all French first names. But uh, it's a good intro into kind of my real background, which is I'm also a chemical engineer uh, in the insurance business, which is also a little bit eclectic. And then if you add to that, that when I went into engineering, my real interest was uh, in the field, problem solving or selling, as opposed to being kind of in the back office. And uh, very fortunate to kind of leave uh, Syracuse University with a chemical engineering degree, wander out to Boston to uh, follow now my wife of 35 years and start looking for a job and ended up haphazardly finding Wausau Insurance Companies, um, which was looking for a safety engineer. And I thought, "Eh, you know what? good way to build a network. I have no idea what this insurance thing is. I didn't really grow up that safe. So I don't know if that's such a good thing. But you know, the reality is it'd be a good way to get to know um, the local area, Boston. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll take the job for a couple of years. So as I interviewed with him, great guy, I took the job solely on the fact that it was great character. uh, And I just appreciated him. And uh, he was very interested in me. And uh, Three years later, I became an industrial hygienist. Um, moved, uh, they moved me out to Syracuse, New York, which is where I was from originally, and uh, met a very, a very rebellious corporate manager uh, who was my risk uh, or my the loss control manager there, and uh, we embarked down a road of culture as a way of improving performance, which led us all across the state and the country. And uh, got me really thinking that, I, you know, I really like this business thing a lot more than I like trade technical stuff. And at that point, you know, had a whole consulting arena that we built and uh, wanted to take that more uh, national and mainstay. And um, WASA at the time didn't fit their pattern. 
So I moved on to a very small company, big company to a small company, where I really got to learn a lot about brokerage world, because I actually didn't realize there were other insurance companies at that point, and, um, and got to understand entrepreneurship and building that. And then that eventually led me to, to one group, which is where I started out selling and kind of worked up the ranks to, to where I am today. And how is business at the moment? Yeah, I know the business has grown an awful lot during your tenure. So if you could perhaps give us a little bit more of an insight into the vision for the business and the way it's going at the moment. That'd be great, Nick. Yes. So I joined as a producer. We were about 35 employees and about three and a half million in revenue, you know, 35 million in premium, depending upon how you want to look at the world. And um, they had a great core culture, a great core focus on the customer, which is why I joined them. And, um, you know, we had started to come and get capital to really invest in the business, which is where I came along. And so learning the business from selling, we helped redefine the value proposition to be more about what we can do for you and the various tenants, as opposed to just solving and and selling you an insurance policy. And we were able to actually diversify uh, and expand um, into deeper level of property casualty, deeper level of employee benefits, HR consulting, risk management consulting, and personal lines. And so over the last 15 years, we've not only kind of grown to 200 people and roughly 35 million in revenue, um, but we've also grown geographically to cover not just kind of this area around Syracuse, New York, but throughout the whole state into Pennsylvania, New York City, uh, Long Island, and um, grown the variety of expertise that we have immensely over that time. So it's really been a fun path to take as we watch uh, new people come in, new innovative thinking, and it's uh, enabled us to um, be very strong in a time where others were having kind of a hard time growing organically. Um, most of that was organic growth, but we did acquire some great talent along the way, which really seeded kind of our future efforts. Great. Thank, thank you so much, Pierre. I think it's really great for our listeners to get an understanding of the business and a bit into your background when they hear from you today. So thank you for that. And I, I know one group, the size of businesses, the, the amount of focus and tension there is on advisory and consultancy as part of that insurance risk package and portfolio is very, very important. So I think that's very, very interesting. Before we move into the main body of the questions, can I just ask you, what's your what's your coffee of choice that gets you up in the morning? <laughs> My coffee of choice. Well, we actually have a local, uh, local, local coffee shop that roasts their own coffee, but I don't get into the lattes or the espressos. I actually like a good medium roast coffee and a little bit of cream in it. And um, I'll generally drink about a whole pot by about 11 o'clock. Um, that's one thing that the, you know, working at home and out of my home office, as well as the offices, I have a lot better access to coffee. Um, we did like the coffee so much. We actually put it in our office and we have a, a version of that coffee shop actually in our office. So we do believe in better pro- productivity through better, more caffeine. Yeah. It's a, it's a sound investment. That's for sure. Yeah. If I can start off by asking you, how did you break into your leadership position? You, you say that you joined the business as a producer. How did you break into that leadership role and how did you find that transition from being a producer and being client facing? You know, Nick, it's a, it's a great question. Um, we spend a lot of time trying to grow leadership in the company. And one of the first things I tell people is that in order to get into this position, you really have to start practicing well before you ever get hired into a job. And so I was lucky enough from my mentors at an early age uh, in my career back with Wausau and moved back to Syracuse was being taught that, you know, you have to lead a room, you have to lead a small group of people, you have to lead the client, 
And those are really unique skill sets that no one teaches you. You kind of have to experience it. So through my experiences uh, early on with Wausau and the number of things that I participated in and various formal routines, you know, I really found that I like I like providing direction, but I also like providing being a good teammate. I actually think they're both necessary because, you know, you get one from the other. I got catapulted into having to run a business when I went to the entrepreneurial stage. Um, I remember the question I asked Tom, who hired three of us to come from there. I said, so, Tom, what do you want me to do? And here was his response. I don't know, Pierre. That's why we hired you. Go figure it out. So I went from a big corporation that, you know, had boxes and you could work up, you know, very structured wise all the way into, I don't know, you got a blank slate, go figure it out. It turns out I really, really liked that a lot. I didn't mind doing every single job, accounting, consulting, product development, orchestration, operations, data stuff. And, and I will tell you, any anyone who wants to grow needs to expand their horizon behind, beyond their special. So you ask how I ended up there. That's probably the number one tenant, Nick is I was always willing to expand my horizons beyond my specialty. Very easy to be comfortable uh, in what you do and you you take a lot in doing it well, but that's not what's gonna give you a broader view of the world. You need to go get into these other areas. So the producer side was I was actually gonna get hired to run something. It turns out that it was I was more likely to get hired to run something and less likely to get hired as a salesperson. So when I came on board in building the business model, they said, you know, wouldn't you mind selling? I'm so glad I did, because even though I'd witnessed selling from every other vantage point, I participated in selling to understand the anxiety and difficulty of making yourself stand out when everyone already has one is a great, great attribute. I now believe every single human being should engage in some kind of selling, whether it's door to door over a counter. It just teaches you so much about people uh, and truly communicating. Um, from there, I, I literally had a hard time because the problem is if you're good at doing, it's very hard to learn doing through others, even though you can lead a group. But normally that means rolling up your sleeves and going along with them. How do you really help create and create a vision for people that's in a different direction than they understand? And um, that's why I really spent the last 17 years really learning. And I'm still on that journey today. And, and it really is amazing that Every job that I got promoted to, I was actually already doing for at least six months to a year beforehand because I was the one that was always wanting to do that. So I don't know if that answers your question, Nick, but that's that very well. Yeah, I think expanding your horizons before you move into that position get, creates those opportunities. By the, time. the only other thing I can tell you is fake it till you make it. If you act like you're a leader, people will actually start to think you are one. <laughs> that's right. And what would you say your biggest achievement has been since you've taken on the leadership there? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question. I will tell you that there's lots of great milestones in there that I could report on, but I really think my greatest achievement has been helping other people get to a similar point that I am. And uh, I, I was very lucky when I joined uh, one group, they knew you know an eventual path for me. So they hired a consultant out of New York City who was very salt of the earth and very German, meaning he told it like it was. And uh, from the very beginning, he said, Pierre, you have one job, and that's to find your replacement and teach your replacement. I go, I haven't even learned how to do the job. He goes, it doesn't matter. He said, if you're not in the business of growing people, you're not in the business of leading of this business because it is about people. So um, I have just seen the potential in people come along. Now, there's been great, lots of great business successes. I mean, I've achieved a lot. We've built a lot. We've innovated a lot. 
created a building that looks like Google well ahead of the time of, of doing that, create a collaboration culture. But I got to tell you, it's really watching individuals grow and, and surpass their expectation as they go into completely uncharted waters is, that I would say is the best thing. Fantastic. And has there ever been a, a time in your career or a specific job or role that you've gone for and you've been overlooked for it? And how have you gone around dealing with that? You know, it's so funny because that's how I ended up in insurance. And uh, so I, I went out to Boston, Syracuse University, a lot of recruiting goes on there, but not, no one from Boston because Boston has all these schools. So I had to go out and just start looking. I got very lucky, had an early position with a water purification company, you know, would have been a lead way into Millipore, big national company, would have been a great gate, gateway, had it all in my mind. They go, we don't need you till October. I go, great, I, I could use a break. And uh, they said, there's only one thing you got to worry about. And I said, what's that? They said, well, we do have this person. They're kind of having some personal issues, you know, kind of alluded to maybe an alcohol or something. So they're going to rehabilitation. And uh, in order to come back, they have to take this entry level job. And we have a, we have to offer it to them. But there's no way they would take it. Well, along comes October. They absolutely did take it. And uh, I was stuck searching for a new job. And I, and I learned how to talk to HR people up the yin yang. I, you know, I went to MIT to use their recruiting. I went to every college and I found out there's a lot of resources you don't overlook. But time and time again, since I hadn't been experienced in engineering, I could never get over the engineering job. And the last one was a water purification company wanted to hire me, but they just kept putting it off and putting it off. I was a perfect fit. They kept saying it. And uh, even though I kept in it, uh, eventually that's how I ended up in insurance. So I always doubled back down. I just said, why, what don't they understand? What do I have to do? Uh, to get back in. And, um, you know, what do I need to know more? Because sometimes I maybe not have been qualified, even if I was good at talking about the job. So that's right. Thank you, Pierre. Now, I think the insurance industry has been blessed to have you join the ranks following that step back at the time. Pierre, moving on to sort of present day with the business, how do you use technology at one group to meet the needs and exceed your customers' expectations? You know, it's, um, it's, uh, fascinating because uh, I literally was in high school. Nick, you're not going to understand this, but before there actually were computers, there was this Tandy 16. And uh, I was very lucky, even though I went to this tiny high school, the teachers we had were incredible. And one of them decided that, you know, this computer thing could work out. And for our, we had kind of this honors study hall, which was literally just creative time. And uh, went and bought the Tandy 16. And I literally, within about 20 minutes, learned how to program it and then programmed it into uh, how to do some of my calculus homework. Now that I want you to know how we how we recorded the program, it was on a cassette audio tape. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to even imagine, but that was the beginning. So I've seen this evolution of technology. Uh, now I feel like someone that's, you know, was around with horses and now we got, you know, spaceships. But the point is along that way in, in the stuff I did at Wausau, Technology is an interesting thing because we look at it as a panacea, and yet it's the main difficulty in getting to use it is the main problem, and then it's acceptance among everyone. So while it does a lot of great things, does it really do what you want? So that gets me to the point, which is we've really tried to come and meet people where they're at. You know, where are you in the insurance cycle? What do you think about risk management? We don't assume you know what you want. And as a matter of fact, if you don't know much about our business, you probably don't even know what's capable of. And so we've taken on this innovation approach that basically says we're going to do it to ourselves first and then figure out how to do it to our clients and, and others secondly. 
Um, we also use it to solve real problems. So in a really simple version, we've been pushing video conferencing and virtual teams for about eight years and with, with an adoption rate of what you'd expect, reasonable but difficult. And now when the virus comes along, now it's obviously, it was one of the main reasons we could flip the switch and be virtual in two minutes. Now people had to catch up, but it's a whole different having that infrastructure saying, I don't care, Nick, whether you're in London, whether you're in the US, a team is a team. And so we've been teaching people to build relationships over time. So that one way is really communicating and make it easier to get data and information. <clears throat> the second thing is data science. Okay, what, what is data? If you think about our business, um, we are a little bit, you know, we used to have more blinders on. I think we've gotten wider, <clears throat> but we got to think about our business, not in fulfilling a policy, which is important and archaic in many ways and people are working on, but how can we create a better experience? How can we focus on what really the product was meant to do for the client? And then how can we make that as easy to use as the iPhone? So back to my station. So that is not easy to do. Um, lots of my brethren and, and compatriots in, in this effort are working hard on it as well. Uh, the good news is we're a pretty sharing group of people, um, but really figuring out how to do it is something we focused on, which is how do we get the data? How do we make it easy? How do we make it useful? And so as mundane as that sounds, that actually is probably the more important piece of what we're trying to do, taking the data, combining data, getting analytics that don't help us underwrite. They actually help our clients mitigate and manage risk, but maybe also improve their business. Thank you, Pierre. That's great. I think particularly interesting to hear that you're ahead of the curve with video conferencing. I know a lot of businesses now are talking about the fact they use Zoom or Teams. And I think for internal meetings, I think they're quite happy with that. But I'm sure there's uh, lots of brokers and lots of producers out there who, who might be less comfortable trying to sell to their clients and trying to build that relationship virtually in the, in the, in the last six months that they've had. So I think be, being way ahead of the curve on that, I'm sure gives you quite a significant advantage. It's a, it's a whole new skill set, Nick. I mean, even, even knowing where to put the camera, you wouldn't think of that. So we had video conferencing in our office. We found that if we didn't position the TV monitor so that it felt like that person was in the room with you, you didn't get the same engagement. And you would think that's such a minor detail, but it is so, so important. It's fascinating. So I'm mean, obviously a lot more of that. Now. Yeah, I know. I really, really appreciate that. Going forward, what do you think are the major challenges for insurance executives and, and insurance professionals? And how do you think they should be adapting to be successful? Um, I, I actually think uh, I'll say one thing, you know, we have an incredible business in what we do. And I, and I don't mean that just in terms of the business model. I would have never known about insurance had I kind of not given you that story. Um, but over the last 30 years of my career, I've met amazing, amazing people. And, you know, in spite of kind of all the negative rhetoric that we get about, you know, and, and I'm talking about the carrier side and the broker side, um, we have done a lot as an, as a, an industry uh, to move things in a very positive direction, no matter what it is. And so uh, it's easy for us to get caught in it, but and I don't want to say that we're all perfect, but I, I just extremely impressed um, with the nature of people. So that leads me to our biggest challenge. And our biggest challenge is how do we take and expand on that? How do we go the direction of the, uh, expanding our engagement with the client, not making it a commodity and you know, transactionalizing it? And I think that that's a difficulty factor. And it, it goes back to 
where do we get the people that have the same inspiration, the same drive? Now, most people may have ended up in insurance inadvertently, but I got to tell you, they take it very seriously. And, and, and it's amazing the professionalism and the desire to really advise a client. It's why we're not basically being disrupted by tech because we're actually acting as real advisors. You know, we're acting as real confidants. So people, finding people that can take and build upon that, that can take that passion, that can build on it in the new way of doing things, whatever that becomes, you know, because now is not the new way. It's what's going to become. I think is one of our biggest challenges. And then now if you add the current environment and what difficulty does that? So the good news is, hey, we don't need office buildings anymore, which I don't actually believe. The thing is, we've been able to work <clears throat> virtually and we're, uh, <clears throat> and we're an industry that can do this, except that to really innovate and to really move forward requires human relationship. And so now our challenge at the moment is how do we regroup and get people back together again? And as good as we are at it, I'm telling you right now, I'm losing, I'm losing people. I'm losing people out of the vision. And I think that that is a big issue for us. The other ones are a little bit more technical and tactical, but I think the reality is getting people to engage in this bigger uh, purpose is, is something that I know we all have an interest in, but getting them to really do it's one of our challenges. Thank you, Pierre. That's such a great and deep answer. I really, really appreciate that. I think that's very, very insightful brings us nicely onto our espresso round with uh, questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. So, Pierre, can I ask you, are you, are you ready for the espresso round? I'm ready, Nick. Shoot. <laughs> the espresso round. What are the characteristics about one group that makes it such a great place to work at? Teamwork, uh, collaboration, innovation, and extreme respect meaning that we don't always know where we're going, but we're a very flat organization and we really believe in true engagement and true participation. Fantastic. And what opportunities do you provide to high performing insurance professionals and leaders who want to progress their careers to the next level? So we believe in a mobile culture. I know you're going to take that as whether we let you use your iPhone in the, uh, in the office, but um, we actually hire people with the purpose that they won't be in that job for very long. You know, so we want movement. We want people um, progressing and learning more about the organization. We like it when you go into a tangential focus. And so we have a lot of initiative on knowledge development, the whole person. And we want that to be both classroom, but also experiential. And then the third thing, no one ever thinks about teaching everyone else. So from the moment you walk in the door, even as an intern, we put you to work like you absolutely know what you're doing. And uh, that's been a comment from our interns. We never thought you'd actually give us real work to do. Uh, and we engage you as if you were on the leadership team. You know, there's really no difference in terms of what you want. So that's up to you to take advantage of that and move that forward. And we'll give you every opportunity to lead in formal groups or formal ones. So back to my original. Great. Uh, Sounds uh, like a great opportunity. And, and what do you look for? What are the sort of, say, free skills or behaviors that you would look for and demand in new insurance professionals that you bring on board? Um, one is critical thinking and um, where you can, you know, where you're willing to look at the whole of something and think through as opposed to just trying to persuade someone. Two is uh, your desire to really understand uh, other people. So the client, uh, each other, uh, you know, you can't apply critical thinking because it involves people. How do you really understand people 
And three is then how do you communicate and collaborate to bring those things? So if you think about it, can you understand and think through difficult issues? Can you then really listen to what people are trying to say, not what they want to say? And then three, can you pull that together and bring people together in a style which they'll understand their words, not yours, to really create a better outcome? Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and so interesting because in that answer, you didn't refer to the word insurance once. I think that's really insightful. Do, do you recruit people from outside of the industry? We do. We recruit people routinely from outside the industry. Um, part of our effort is to even broaden our net, even you know, as we look at the world of diversity and other things. The reality of the difficulty of recruiting is we only go to where we know to look. So we're missing lots of opportunity. I mean, you know, how many people never intersect with the right job just because they weren't in the right vicinity, whatever that is. And so really trying to figure out how we can cast a wider net. Um, We've done that a lot more with thought leadership. We love participating in things like this because you never know who's going to listen to it saying, you know what, I might reach out to them and, and get to know them better. And so um, one of our bigger goals is to really cast an even wider net. Um, my HR department criticizes me a lot because I bring candidates to them and they go, what does that have to do with anything? I go, what do you mean? That's a perfect candidate. And it has nothing to do with insurance. And, uh, and we've had a lot of success and we, you know, we never, we've, we've had failures too. That willingness to go try it is a, is a critical thing. I think it's, I think it's really interesting perspective and way of working actually to build, build out the business. I think one thing from the COVID crisis that we're facing at the moment is that insurance and the risk industry is actually becoming more appealing to people from other industries it's a very mature market a lot of businesses have quite deep pockets to to ride out these issues which maybe before were seen as not so glamorous but i think a lot of people are now very much attracted to the industry People who get to understand it, the interns are a great example where we we have an internship program, which is to give back. So it's not to get summer help or short-term labor. So we actually run them through real work and then we have them do a capstone project on it. Now, some uh, we've hired a number of them, but some of them go off into their original career destination, but not a one of them says, I couldn't believe how exciting and interesting it was to be in insurance. This shouldn't be such a hard sale, Mac. So um, I agree with you it's a hidden secret it's a gem but i think it's our job whether you're within the insurance industry or a recruitment firm like ours it's our job to educate people and to give people that opportunity to experience that for themselves pierre if i could just finish off by asking you what advice would you give to an insurance executive out there in the in the states now who's perhaps considering their next career opportunity what would your advice be to them My advice is, you know, that's a great question, Nick. I would welcome the chance to go explore many, many different aspects of what's going on in the world right now. And so a lot of it we think of as having to go and, you know, interview for with a certain company or a certain person. But I was just saying this this morning to our chief marketing officer, most of my best outcomes have come from my random detours. And if you know anything about my personality, we may be going here, but I might see something really interesting over there. And I have no problem stopping and going to, you know, look at that. Uh, that's a random detour. It's a chance to go and really explore what other people are doing and not from the, I want to get a job perspective, but what's really going on in the world. You have a chance. And I have to tell you, I don't know anyone who wouldn't take your call and say, 
no, you know what? You're taking a job. I would love for you to, to come in and hear what we're doing. People love talking about what they're doing. In our business, we're, this is an industry very unique in shares. Uh, you know, it is trying to raise the, the tide so that all boats get lifted. So I would really encourage them to step back a little bit, question, you know, where they want to go and what they may be, you know, what's going to ignite their passion. Because at the end of the day, hey, that's the secret sauce for anyone that's really succeeded. So. Yeah, and it's at that crossroads where they actually get that opportunity to stand back and think about what they really want to do and explore those other opportunities or avenues that they didn't know that were there and educate themselves as, as to what opportunities there are. So, And here's the random outcome. They're going to walk in and have that conversation and eventually they're going, you know what, we have a fit here. And that's, you know, it won't be everyone. You can't go in with that expectation, but it's we've done it. I take those calls and I've hired people exactly because of that. So Yeah, that's brilliant. It's great great to have that open mind. Pierre, we've almost reached the end of our time together in the Insurance Coffee House USA today. But before we go, can I just ask you for one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show? Um, the best way is probably uh, my email, which is uh, P Morriso, M O R R I S S E A U, at one group, O N E G R O U P dot com. Uh, or honestly, I give everyone this you can call my cell phone, 315 225 7627. Two best ways to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Fantastic. And just to make our listeners aware, we'll be posting some of those contact details on our show notes. I'll just double check with you, Pierre, before we put up your cell number on uh, onto iTunes. But but thank you anyway. Pierre, it's been fantastic to have you in the Insurance Coffee House today. Really enjoyed hearing about your career and the work you're doing there at, at One Group. And I'm sure our listeners would have gained a lot of valuable learnings and advice from you today. Wonderful, Nick. It was a pleasure as always talking with you. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And to all our listeners out there, all those insurance business leaders in the United States or based internationally in the UK or around the world, thank you for listening today. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot from what Piers had to say today. If you do enjoy the show, please leave us a review on your podcast app and remember to download and subscribe to the show so that you receive the Insurance Coffee House straight into your inbox each week. Till next time, I have been Nick Hoadley and this has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.